If I tell you, will you believe me? This story is about blood, money, magic, family, and bonus, it also happens to have a bunch of evil spirits and wannabe shamans and witches trying to get their ish together to save the day. But this is not your typical teleserie or soap opera. This is real life. This is my coming of age. Why are we here? I mean, don't get me wrong. I know they invited us, but this event feels a little too fancy for us. I don't know. Maybe they saw the restaurant online and suddenly want to be multicultural? That's the thing with companies now. Diversity. Hey, you should be proud. The Ruiz always pioneer our culture. As if. They're probably just doing it to look good for the camera and look down on plebeians like us. Ugh. Always so cynical. You shouldn't be working anyway. It's only been two weeks since he attacked. Why are you whispering? The guy's in jail, so don't worry. It's not like he's gonna pounce anytime soon. Aren't you scared? Apparently, he's a convicted felon who was out on parole, so... You know, I just want to think he's in there for good now. Besides, I just... I don't think there was any motive. His eyes were glazed and... For all I know, he probably doesn't even remember my fate. So, did you ever get the name of the guy who saved you? Mm, it's just some random. As random as this event, I guess. You know what? I'm happy you're here, though, to share this moment with me. It's special because now we almost have a third-degree connection to the Rui. Oh my god, not this again. If I see that boy, I swear. What if I pass out? You're not actually gonna pass out, are you? He's not like some K-pop star. I don't get it, what's the hype? He's not like one of us though. He's pseudo-famous and very important. Yeah, he's definitely not like one of us. I peep Lorenzo Rui in the corner with a crew of people who also look pseudo-famous and important and carry the glow of faked hands and financial freedom. He scans the room, stone-faced, stoic, all cheekbones, no smile, which is weird because usually he has this clown-like quality when he's pestering me. His eyes land past me on a silver-haired executive standing by a table with a group of interns. The interns wag their tongues and nod their heads like puppies. The man dons an exceptionally tailored suit a contrast of sloppy hands, three cocktails in. Ren is fiddling with some bread knife. He picks it up, puts it back down a few times. Until he doesn't anymore. Holding the bread knife, he walks towards Mr. Sloppy across the room, sidestepping anyone in his direction. 
Within seconds, I'm sandwiched between two suits, between Mr. Sloppy and Ren. The intern's faces say it all. What the hell is happening right now? And what's this girl doing here? Uh, how dare she? The nerve? Clearly, they don't know what's up. Trust me, I don't want to be the literal shield between this gross guy and this wannabe criminal either. I stare at the droplets of blood on my arm, a little graze from the bread knife. I take Ren by the arms, drag him out of the hall, smacking him. Ren! Ren! Hey, can you hear me? Wake up. Ren, hello? Ren, are you there? Ren, please. Please wake up. Please wake up. Please. Hi. Oh, wait, wait. What? No, I was wanting to talk to you. I was... The last time I checked, you were still behind the counter. Like, what? What the hell happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was behind the counter, but I had to take you out because... You were about to stab Mr. Sloppy with some freaking bread knife or something. Whoa, no, 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 no. Who? Who is this now? I'm about to what? And who's Mr. Sloppy? You were about to stab someone with a bread knife. I swear. I don't know who Mr. Sloppy is. He's like one of the execs. He has a group of interns around him and he looks about 50. He's wearing a gray suit, hair slicked back and... The shiny silver color? Ah, uh, I think it's Harry James that you're referring to. The VP of product? Shh. Did anyone see? Did I stab him? Yeah, I'm calling him Mr. Sloppy because his hands were all over the place. But lucky for you, nobody saw thanks to me making a little bit of a scene. Man, out in public like this? Believe me, it's getting worse. I can't even control my own actions. I don't even know what to do. <sighs> well, to start, I don't know, do you have a first aid kit? Why do you need a first aid kit for? Because your little bread knife grazed my precious baby skin. That's why. Oh, oh no. No, oh my god, what just happened? You tell me, right? I just... How about let's talk after my shift, yeah? No, 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 no. You can't go on working like this, okay? Let me talk to your manager. No, 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 no. My manager isn't even here. It's only the owner's daughter, my friend Celine. Is um, your friend gonna be okay? You said she hasn't eaten at all today. That's why she fainted. Yeah, she's just a bit overexcited. I'm sure you made her day. She'll be fine. <sighs> How about you? Is your wound um, healed up already? It's just a scratch, and I put alcohol on it already to disinfect all that clotted cream from your bread knife. Ah, oh, shit. Man, I can't believe I just... What if I... I... I almost killed you. Like, what are the chances? I know, I know. Well, lucky for you, it didn't go that far. Ah. Uh, all people could see was my desperate attempt at attention and nobody else saw too, so you're pretty safe for now. At least your reputation is intact. Oh, well, they don't know shit. 
It's a bread knife now, but what what about next time? What if I grab a fork instead? A knife? Man, this is this is out of out of this world. Tell me, Ren. You really had no idea what was happening? No. I just I was somewhere else. Were you in some forest again? Hmm. Just like what you saw last time. It was peaceful. I thought it'd be nice to lie down for a while, take a nap. Then I heard you calling my name. This is a sign. We probably need to see an expert for sure. Ah, so you believe me? Sachi, you're a recipient of... Uh, of the Rui scholarship, right? <laughs> Don't tell me you did some sort of background search on me now. I have to know what I'm negotiating with. That's why I have to find out about you, of course. Well, I didn't even know there was a negotiation. Well, so you didn't receive your scholarship this year? Yes, because you guys have higher standards now and the threshold is 90 and I'm not that smart, so I didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. That's why you're not in school this term. <sighs> I'm sorry about your scholarship, Sachi. It wasn't really our intention to just- Take away people's right to education. Take away plebeians like me, the peasants, all the money that we can potentially use to go to school. Yeah, no, 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 sorry. It wasn't like that at all. Um, it's just that the budget of the fund this year is different. Of course, it's good to have high standards and to raise the bar, but... Mm -hmm. Relax, Ren. Relax. I'm playing. You know what? I, I get it. It's, it's totally your family's prerogative to increase your cutoff, your standards, your thresholds, whatever. It's, it's your money. To be honest, my marks just aren't good enough. It's really got nothing to do with you. You know, my family is under investigation for money laundering. It's embarrassing, but the police has frozen more than half of our bank accounts. We've made deals to bury the news. And uh, they're taking their time to ask us a whole lot of questions only my father can answer. And we know where he is. Yeah, we're doing more than okay. We still have enough uh, capital, but since we have to pay out our suppliers, partners, commitments, we have to move some money around. Last I heard, they were decreasing the contribution to the school. I believe that's why they raised the cutoff and uh, just made up some excuse about standards. Look, Sachi, I'm sorry about this. It's okay, Ren. I, I was just being salty. You know, it's not just because of the scholarship that I can't go to school. As you've probably seen in your whole background search, I just have a lot of bills to pay. My dad's medical, family debt, school. It's, it's just a burden and I just can't afford to study. It's not your fault. It's just the way things are.
Interrupting your show or something? What's ha what's happening here? Oh, my Santa! <laughs> is this some sort of peace offering to me? No, Ata. This is Ren. He's here for a consultation. <laughs> Do I have the privilege of touching this man's precious locks? <laughs> Since when did you ever ask for permission to do someone's hair? I know Gintou when I see it. And that's not that's not Gintou. That's not gold that you're seeing. That's the vibe of the demon inside him. Oof. But still, demon later. First step. Here. Let me take care of your precious locks, my dear. Starla begins to massage parts of Ren's body with paste made of medicinal herbs. She keeps her eyes closed, a chant on her lips. Lady and gentlemen, in this space, we celebrate our humanity. Bodies so intricately made of two souls. The soul we call the breath of life, meaning Ginhawa, and the soul that sees the other world and the place we do not dwell in. Our Kalulua, that's in Tagalog. The Ginhawa controls your urges, your desires, and the Kalulua, on the other hand, controls your mind and your will. In order to live, we carry them both. Without one or the other, we become like those unlike us. Sister Starla places a rock on a glass and pours hot water over it. She mixes it for a while, letting the particles of the rock color the water gray. The glass is pressed against Ren's arms, moved slowly to his shoulders, all over his body. Sister Sarla blows bubbles into the hot water continuously with a straw. 
She does this for a few minutes until the water is clear. This is the polo polo. You see that? The water cleared when we reached his chest. Hmm. This is not a good sign. You said, you said that was done this before, didn't you? Yes, but uh, originally the water cleared around my shoulders. That's why we thought it was just something simple. The spirit has lodged itself deeper. And also he said like, he prescribed me some of his herbal ointments. We did this ritual called Batakdungan, um, like an offering of a chicken. It was quiet for about a month, then it just came back threefold. Like, it was as if it never went away. Because it was always there, waiting for the right time. It's too strong for that. Okay, let's do the Tatawas. The Datu performed this ritual as well, a week before he passed. But it wasn't accurate. What? That's what he told me. He said there must have been a mistake. The reading wasn't right. That doesn't seem like Datu at all. He always pushes himself to get it right and literally 100%. He doesn't get anything wrong. <clears throat> I, I suppose it will be up to us then to see the truth. Sister Starla lights a candle and does the usual hymns and chants. It's all under her breath, so whether it's Tagalog, English, the indigenous language of the Philippines, or some spirit demon language, I'm not too sure. I'm just gonna trust her on that, even though I know it's probably a bit freestyle. She signals for Red to hold a candle. He takes hold of it, sweating profusely for no reason as he tilts it towards a small basin of water on the center of the table. We watch as the candle melts into the basin, spreading on the surface of the water. As it cools, the molten candle wax forms a shape. I watch as the blood drains slowly from Sister Starless, usually contoured and highlighter on point face. She tries to keep it cool, but I can tell she's about three foundation shades lighter than usual. Somewhat hesitantly, she dips her finger into the water and traces a cross on Red's forehead to counteract the evil. We are Filipino after all. I guess both magic and Catholicism is in our blood. You know, a serpent-like creature has visited you. What do you mean? The spirit takes the form of the Bakunawa, if if you know what Bakunawa is. It's the moon-eating serpent or a dragon or 
whatever. Oh, man. That doesn't sound like good news. Well, it ain't good news at all if you think about it. Our folklore speaks of a time where the sky was illuminated by seven moons. The Bakunawa, both serpent and dragon, lurked in the depths of the ocean. The guardian of the waters as they were perceived. The Bakunawa stared at the moons every night. He too wanted to become one with the sky. Enchanted by the moon's sublime beauty, he devoured all but one. He was banished by the one and only Batala the highest god to the fiery crevices of the earth. Still, the serpent cries for water, for the ocean. He is not dead, but merely waits for the right moment, ready to swallow the last moon. Let me get this straight. Ren is possessed by a dragon that wants to swallow him? Uh, this is insane. This is in freaking sanity. Disclaimer! Ren is not possessed by a dragon, but by a demon that moves like it. Like a serpent who longs for life. Twisted by greed, envy. This demon has claimed six souls already. And through it all, the caster is in control. He wants one more. His, Lorenzo's. So, the caster wants Ren to kill someone so he can get those souls, or does he want Ren's soul? Wh wh which one is it? The caster wants Ren to destroy, if not someone else, his own spirit. <sighs> Why is this happening to me? Ren, it's clear. It has to be someone you know. It sounds personal. I don't know, maybe you know someone who's murdered six people? It's not as simple as that, though. It doesn't mean one guy is going around killing six others. The caster has probably sent the demon to possess multiple persons, letting them do his dirty work. Wait, 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 wait. What happens then? What happens if Ren kills someone? If you think about it, the Bakunawa devouring seven moons? The caster will rise and return from the fiery pits of hell. He will claim not only water, but the dominion of the sky. I don't know, I don't know what this poetry means. Can you, can you please, can you please say it in a way that I'll actually understand? It means the caster will become like those unlike us. They will never die. The caster will never die. They can live forever. <sighs> I don't understand. Like, why me? Why? I, I just don't get it. What have I ever done to deserve all this? It's not you. It's not your fault. I, I never really knew someone can hate you that much that They'll go through all this effort. Well, yes, Sambagita. 
you know, people are just that twisted. But there is a way to, to save our precious friend. But you have to move fast. The call to where the ones unlike us dwell will be strong. Your soul will wander. Please come back no matter what. You cannot be trapped. You cannot stay in that world. It's so ugly. Come back here when you can. And then we can do a batakdungan ritual to strengthen your spirit so you can withstand spiritual attacks. Okay? But, but you must find the caster no matter what the cost. Because this is the only way to save you. Or what? Death! Your soul! Drop by the Bakunawa forever! much for listening to The Lost Shaman. This week, we're highlighting a Filipino-owned business, Pinay Collection, whose mission is to amplify our Philippine identity and voice in the diaspora. They have tees, sweaters, accessories, bags, and more. What makes Pinay Collection different are the words front and center of their design, like maldita, meaning bradley, maarte, meaning extra, ambitiosa, that's too ambitious. We want to unapologetically own these words and be proud of who we are. I encourage you to wear Penai at penaicollection.com and stay tuned for more Lost Shaman next week. Thank you.